So Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Um, a fam- or infamous serial killer that was from the 1970s, like the late 1970s to like the early 1990s, terrorized uh, the community in Milwaukee. Um, he was kind of uh, like he's kind of resurfacing today because of a Netflix show that just came out mm. where it kind of recounts his life and the lives of his victims. Yeah, Napoleon, right? Napoleon gone bad. Napoleon gone bad, right? And throughout the show, you just feel like very uneasy mm. and you see like these terrible crimes against humanity that he commits through his serial killing. So he kills about 17 people mm. from the late 1970s to the early 1990s. Crazy. Yeah, and so... And he targeted like a specific group, right? Yeah, he targeted mostly males, uh, African-American males, mm-hmm. um, 17, which is crazy. And he was finally caught in the early 1990s. Yeah, so, I heard somewhere he had like a fascination with bones or something. Yeah, and... apparently he had like a fascination growing up with bones. Mm-hmm. Um, he would find roadkill and he would kind of like dissect the animals and like pick apart the bones right so there's obviously something abnormal definitely something abnormal Mm -hmm. and he had that same fascination when he killed his victims he would dissect them and he would preserve them also uh resorting to cannibalism Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so today or i guess even at the time people had an issue with him giving his life to christ while he was in prison after Mm -hmm. being convicted Mm -hmm. um there's a quote that I have here that he said, and it says, It is now over. This has never been a case of trying to get free. I didn't ever want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did, but not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness and I have some peace. I know how much harm I have caused. Thank God there will be no much there will be no more harm that I can do. I believe that only the Lord Jesus Christ can save me from my sins. I ask for no considerations. Yeah. So I think that's the part that offends a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like this horrible human being in our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. A horrible human being who commits terrible crimes. He targets a specific race group. Uh, he targets males mm-hmm. and he goes through all these things, but yet somehow in prison when he's already convicted, right? Mm-hmm. He decides to accept Christ, which then would make him free of sin, right? So that's the part that offends a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think that is because uh, I guess the question going through everyone's minds is how can someone so evil, right, be accepted into the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um we don't know like this is hypothetical we know he gave his life to jesus but we don't know if it was actually sincere or if he actually believed it with his heart but let's say that he did make it into the kingdom of heaven i feel or like i guess like the question is is like how is that justifiable like mm-hmm. how can someone so evil um make mm-hmm. it into the kingdom of heaven yeah well there's a lot of things happening right when you hear something like this uh you kind of uh first off you get angry right Mm -hmm. there's there's obvious natural human feeling that comes out from that right i'm upset because this person should not get away with it right Mm -hmm. and so there's something about our desire as human beings to have justice Mm -hmm. for justice to be prevalent in the world and i think that kind of stems back to uh, our connection with god right god being a just god who 
says vengeance is mine so i'll deal with it but then we see god now forgiving this person so how does that affect us right and so i think you you mentioned a couple things that are very important too right um number one you kind of just read us this quote where it sounds like Dahmer was actually sincere right he was uh, focusing on the fact that he was ill he was abnormal uh, but yet he shows some signs of remorse, right, of actually causing people harm. Um, and to your point, too, it's important to see kind of the hypothetical situation, right? Let's let's assume that he does, in fact, uh, repent of his sin. Because uh, there's the alternative, right, where maybe Satan is still using this man to confuse people. Like mm-hmm. while he's in prison, he accepts Christ, uh, I guess, uh, in, in a way, right, so that he can upset more people. Mm-hmm. And through that, Satan can use that to cause confusion. So that's yeah, one alternative. Even throughout the show, you see, like, signs of, um, I guess, like, uh, rituals mm-hmm. that he would do before yeah. murdering his yeah. victims, right? So they are premeditated, Yeah, right? premeditated, yeah. yeah. So, like, like you were saying with, like, Satan maybe using him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's hard to say, right, because this person is obviously ill right abnormal so like satan could still have used him um uh, someone who is sadistic maybe who has no remorse but satan could still use him to confuse the people uh, mm-hmm. of god and even the people uh who are watching his his life transformation mm-hmm. right so now that we've covered that let's cover the other aspect where he does in fact uh repent and he does in fact receive forgiveness of sins from god mm-hmm. so does Dahmer deserve forgiveness and the answer is Obviously, no, he doesn't. But I think a lot of times we see um, these extreme cases that really kind of help us see our own case, right? Mm -hmm. So Dahmer is a far extreme case, someone who is vile, someone who is sick, someone who is racist, obviously, and he's targeting a a specific people group. Um, And so, uh, and then we see someone who goes to church on Sunday, uh, who is moral in our eyes. What is the difference between both of them if they are without Christ. And the difference is there is none, right? Mm -hmm. In the eyes of God, you know, even our good deeds are like filthy rags. Our acts of righteousness are like filthy rags. And so here we we see a level playing field in the cosmic sense, right? Mm -hmm. Where God, uh, without Christ, all of us, all of humanity is condemned. Uh, Mm -hmm. Christ is the only means for us to be saved and to receive salvation. No one is good is what the Bible says. There's not one that is just. So Dahmer and us, we're the same on the same playing field. And I think that's important to see. And I think an extreme case like this kind of opens our eyes to that. Yeah, to see that we're all of the fallen nature, right? Yes. So a word that I get here or I hear get thrown around a lot is the word grace. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, can you just kind of explain what the word grace is and how it plays into a case like Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, so I, I think in Christianity, there's two words that are heavily used. One is mercy, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, You've heard mercy. And then also grace. So mercy is not receiving something, right? Not receiving what you actually deserve. So if I am guilty of something, I deserve a punishment. Mm-hmm. And so having mercy upon me is not giving me that sentence or giving me that punishment. But then there's this other word called grace, right? Where it's something that I do not deserve but I do get, right? So mm-hmm. in Spanish, we say gracias whenever someone brings you something or whenever someone does something kind for you, right? Because you're, they're freely giving you something, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's the kind of the Latin root word for that. It's, it's uh, 
Grace is something that we don't deserve, uh, that is freely given to us. And so now in this case, we talk about someone who definitely does not deserve uh, forgiveness by anyone, right? But yet here we see that if he does receive the free gift of, of, of God, of receiving his son and saying, God, from this day forward, you will be the Lord of my life, then God forgives him. And not just that, not God doesn't just remove his sin, but what he does is he freely gives this grace. He, he gives him the righteousness of God. And righteous is a fancy word for saying right standing with God. So the Bible says is he who knew no sin became sin. So this is Jesus. He who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, so that we might have right standing with God in him. But that's only through Jesus. So here Dahmer receiving this free gift is because of Jesus and the things that he has done on the cross. And so I think um, there's, there's about seven times in Scripture where we see God being pleased or mm -hmm. God uh, actually, you know, literally writing this out of saying, God is pleased in doing this. And so one of them is uh, the case of Paul, right? Mm -hmm. um, prior to being Paul, being renamed by God, he is Saul. And so Saul is persecuting Christians. He is uh, chasing them. He is uh, imprisoning them, flogging them, beating them, murdering them. Mm -hmm. So he's what you would call a terrorist, right? Mm -hmm. So he's a very horrible human being. So almost on the playing field with Dahmer. Maybe he didn't eat people, but he was still a very evil person. And in Saul's mind, he is justifying these things by uh, just by saying, well, I'm a pious Jew, right? And so religion, for the sake of my religion, I'm going to protect the integrity of it. So I'm going to murder all these people. Mm -hmm. So in Paul's mind, that's being justified. Mm -hmm. But yet God does not see it that way, right? God sees it as wrong. And so on his way to Damascus, God reveals himself to him. But what's important there in Galatians is that it pleased the Lord. Mm -hmm. It pleased the Lord to reveal his son to him to Paul, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not just that God had to reveal himself to Paul, right? It pleased him. There's this actual emotion behind Paul being revealed, this, this act of grace, right? Mm -hmm. And so Paul then goes on to write 13 books of the New Testament, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're foundational books like Romans, right? Where we find even the doctrine of grace. Yeah. And so here we have a terrorist who God finds... Uh, <laughs> He finds grace and he finds goodness in revealing his son to him, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, for sure. Um, it kind of goes to the to the argument that uh, what the world intended for evil, God intended for good, Amen. and you see that yeah. in the in the case for Paul, right? Yeah, look, a, a quick comment there too is, um, you know, I mentioned there's about seven different times when God is pleased and mm -hmm. two others kind of help wrap everything together, right? Yeah. So it, it pleased the Lord to reveal himself to Paul, but not just that, it, something had to happen for it to please God, right? Because mm -hmm. God is a just God, right? It, the, the balance could not be uneven. Mm -hmm. So the other two times or two other times that we see it is in Isaiah 53, where we see that it pleased God to bruise his son, right? Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, it doesn't say it that way. It says to bruise him, right? So Isaiah, 700 years before the Messiah was going to come, he's saying that it, it, it pleased the Lord, Yahweh, to bruise this Messiah to come. So one day this Messiah was gonna go up on the cross mm. and because he is going on the cross, it pleases the Lord to put his wrath upon him. So now it, it is possible for 
God to have pleasure in revealing himself to Paul. Mm. Something else, uh, another one is um, that it pleased the Lord to have his fullness dwell in Christ. Mm -hmm. This is in Colossians, right? The fullness of God is dwelling in Jesus. So now uh, we see that again, this emotion uh, uh, of pleasure, this emotion of right standing. It's So all three things have to work together, right? Mm -hmm. So Christ has to be God, the fullness of God. And then Christ has to be bruised. And then because of that, we see that it is possible for God to be pleased whenever he reveals himself to Paul. Yeah, for sure. So I guess just going back to the fallen the fall of man right where we are separated from god where god said you will surely die meaning we will have separation from god and i guess just tying that in to the jeffrey dahmer case right he is uh fallen of fallen of fallen nature right Mm -hmm. he is um a sinful person um so how can we kind of tie in examples throughout the bible to show the fallen nature that Jeffrey Dahmer commits. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for us to not see Jeffrey as subhuman, right? I think that's what Hitler did with the uh, with, with, with the Jews, right? He saw them as subhuman. Mm-hmm. But then to say that Hitler or that Dahmer are subhuman is to do the same thing that they were doing, right? Dahmer, in his mind, I would, I would assume he's seeing these people that he murders not as human beings, but as, as subhumans right that they Mm -hmm. don't value they're not on the same playing field as he is and so i think it's important for us to see Dahmer still made in the image of god right because if we see him and we remove him from this human status then what we're doing is the same thing he did we're guilty of the same sin and so in that we find that um we we kind of uh, become judge, right? Whenever we do things like that. And so that's the same sin that we see with, with Eve, right? Uh, with Satan approaches her, he says, you will be like God. Same thing we see with Cain, right? He wanted his sacrifice to be the one that was uh, received favor- favorably. Uh, and so that's the same thing that we see. And so here we have two examples, two of the early human beings showing us examples of how we want to be judged all the time. And so I, I think it's important for us to kind of see their example and say, well, God is the judge. It's not me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like something that kind of like we struggle with is to approach someone with the gospel that may be different than us. Mm-hmm. For example, maybe like someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. maybe not to that extreme, but someone we yeah. deem different. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's kind of and like it makes it hard for us to show them love you know yeah, what i mean for sure and, and i just think that is like a big part of today's uh society like showing that love to others so just what are your thoughts on that yeah i think uh, i think you have to understand uh i think the word there is posture right mm-hmm. like you have to understand the position that you're in right you are a person who's been forgiven right so mm-hmm. then therefore you have to forgive like you you be like christ and so again that god is seeing you in his image so we must see other people in his image so um throughout the bible we see that there's a lot of tests right it's uh, so temptation and test two very different things right temptation is kind of like a draw towards evil but then a test is kind of like an exposure of the heart right Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a mirror that's showing you who you are Mm -hmm. uh, and areas where god needs to reign in your life i mean abraham has these tests that kind of reveal his faith 
in the same way, I kind of feel like people are uh, our test in our lives, right? Every single person that we encounter, right? Like a, like a migrant, right? That, uh, that we receive, do we receive them or do we not receive them? How is that being a mirror back to my heart? How am I being like Christ? Uh, mm. A person like Dahmer, right, who is very different than us. Or, I mean, he had certain sexual tendencies, right, that uh, a lot of times we see that are, there's people that are very different than us in their sexual orientation. And so we might say, oh, well, I cannot approach them or I cannot understand them because they're so different. But yet I think that th these people, too, are kind of like a mirror back to our hearts. Right. Will I love this person that God loves? Yeah. And so it, it, this is where we kind of we, we have to answer that as well. So you kept bringing up the word love. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, you always hear the term love others. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think you're, you're right. You have to kind of define love, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's where we get lost in our society, right? Like the church is hate and the church is hate and society is love or the church is love and society is hate or we don't understand each other. So I think we really have to start by defining what love is. Mm -hmm. And I think for the believer is that we don't need a new definition of love. Christ is already our definition on the cross, right? He died for our sins. He put on flesh, leaving thr his throne in heaven, puts on flesh and he walks among us. He shows us how to live. And then he lives a perfect life and dies for us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a sacrifice of obedience that leads to his death. So Christ has already given us the definition of love. Now, what we need to do as Christians is be better demonstrators of that love. Mm. And so I think that's where we kind of have to define the terms. What is Christ's love? Uh, how, do, how does he love other people? Would we be willing to lay our lives for our friends, our neighbors? Would we be willing to put down our preferences or our rights for our neighbors? Um, or even um, would we be willing to, uh, in a way, lose arguments, right? Mm. Or lose culture wars? Mm -hmm. that aren't really the priority right it's yeah. it's really like uh, it's really the message of god the message of god that he came and he died for people and then he loves all people that doesn't change yeah. right um, so but what does is our demonstration of, yeah mm -hmm. so the way you're saying like demonstrating love to others and how jesus demonstrated his love to everyone in society like mm -hmm. even the people that were deemed the worst right yeah. like the prostitutes yeah. or the sumerians for example mm -hmm. um it's kind of like the same thing in today's society where we are so quick to push people away that are different than us but isn't it important to love them and demonstrate that love to them even though they may be different yeah i mean you look at Dahmer, right and you said the, the samaritans which got which in jesus's time were seen as dogs right half breeds mm -hmm. uh people who had were jewish at one point and then they married with other gentiles and so they weren't worthy of even worshiping with the jews and so here we see people who were so different right but yet christ makes a point to walk through samaria like in the wording of scripture in john is he had to walk through samaria did he have to no he didn't but he in his mind, he did because there's people that were lost there mm -hmm. that needed his hope from him, right? The woman at the well, right? They they needed hope from Christ, and so for us too. I mean, it's it's important to, I guess, always follow his example, right? The people who were so different, mm -hmm. and I think Dahmer kind of falls into this into this this category, right? Because if Dahmer truly taking this hypothetical where he actually accepted Christ, mm -hmm. the Bible says there's joy in heaven. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he repented. 
And the Bible says, we see this picture in Luke 15, where the father is running, right? He, he leaves aside all his, his pride, all, all his status, and he runs towards him. And so I just love this picture of Christ running, uh, uh, the father running towards Dahmer and embracing mm -hmm. him. Even after everything he's done, right? Yeah. Could we, could we forgive that way? Uh, well, I, I think that's discipleship, right? It's mm -hmm. sanctification, right? We're saved. As Christians, we're saved, but then there's call to be sanctified. And being sanctified is kind of just a fancy word for like, if you picture your life kind of like a big house, right? Uh, and say, there's a room here where my finances are. Mm -hmm. You just give God the key and say, hey, here's, here's my finances, God. And then you go to the kitchen and say, hey, here's my marriage, God. I surrender it to you. Here's my college career. I surrender that to you. That's your room too. You can stay there as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that is kind of seeing others as human beings made in the image of God, who God still loves. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's kind of going back to what you said about the reflection of the heart how like we are so quick to judge others but we are also of the fallen nature we yeah. are still falling short of the glory of god yeah. right yeah. and in the end our only purpose in god's kingdom right is to share that love with others mm -hmm. to show them that christ already died for them they can be sanctified right yeah. and it's not our place to place that judge on them yeah. Even if they did something as terrible as Dahmer, right? Mm -hmm. But this can be played into any circumstance where people may be deemed different, where um, hate shines the most, right? Mm -hmm. We should erase that hate and place love there instead. Yeah. And then you see the thief on the cross, right? Yeah. You know, you see a prime example of two people who reacted very differently to Christ, right? One who just mocked him and then the other one who said, hey, just remember me. Mm -hmm. And so what Christ, his response is, surely, surely, I tell you, or truly, truly, I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. We don't know this guy's background, right? He was a thief, but we don't know what his background is. But yet God embraced him and he loved mm -hmm. him. And rather than giving us this anger, right, that's our natural uh, human inclination to be angry when someone like this is forgiven. But rather our response should be led by the spirit, which is I have joy because there's another person that was re redeemed by God's love. Amen.